You're listening to Thrive, your agency resource, the only podcast of its kind for creative, media, and technology leaders who are ready to dive deeper into consciousness, leadership, and agency growth. I'm your host, Kelly Campbell. This year, Thrive is brought to you by E2M Solutions, a trusted white label partner to hundreds of digital agencies across the globe. Visit e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive today. Sometimes as founders, we don't allow ourselves the time and space that we really need to truly be visionaries behind our agencies. But your business should not be reliant on you. If that feels like an aha or ooh, I'm, my agency is really reliant on me, you're going to love this conversation. Today, I'm talking with Chris Bantock about extracting owners from their agencies. And if the extraction feels a little triggering, you're also going to love this conversation. Chris is the founder of Agency Local, a creative support and development community for agency owners across the UK. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. This is going to be fun. It is. I'm looking forward to this, Kelly. Thank you very much indeed for inviting me on. So you and I both see how agency founders really get trapped in this environment of their own creation, right? So I know that you and I really share the desire to help people avoid that. Let's start with why this happens. Why do these practitioners who then create agencies fall into this trap of really not being able to get out of it or feeling like they're kind of trapped? Yeah, it's... (laughs) Got to be careful what you wish for, I think, in this life, (laughs) because what I've seen is that agency owners, they start out with great enthusiasm, great vigor, great dreams, and it's not as easy as you think it is. No. And it's actually a blooming hard job growing, scaling an agency. And what you end up doing is getting totally involved with the day-to-day minutiae of what's going on sometimes you just can't get out of that as you grow you're putting more parts to it you're adding more complexity to it some of which of course you know is often new to an agency owner because they have a passion or a training in something and running a business isn't necessarily it so you create this whole almost a cage Sometimes I, I don't like to put it as a cage, but you know, th- this lovely vision that you started off with, you know, it changes on the journey. Yeah. And that, that also happens pretty quickly, right? Yeah. You have that vision and that dream, and you launch the agency, and then it happens pretty quickly that you start to feel that pressure and that uh, claustrophobia, maybe. Yeah. No, no, I think it does happen very quickly. And there are all sorts of different stages of that an agency goes through as it changes and, and grows. It grows and develops, and each one of those has its own own challenges. I was talking with a, uh, an agency owner, basically a um, co-founder, multiple co-founders in this particular agency, and they were talking about the roles and responsibilities that each of them were going to have. And I noticed as they were talking that the list of what they were each responsible for was quite long. And so yeah. I saw a lot of multiple hat wearing, which is fine in the very, very beginning, right? Because maybe you're pre-revenue, you have to figure things out, you know, you've got to use the resources that you have until that revenue starts coming in. But that can get very tricky very quickly. So let's talk a little bit about the need 
to focus on leadership activities as opposed to getting mired in the details that you're talking about. What part of this is necessary to growing the agency, especially in early stages? And what part of it is actually control on the part of the agency founder? Again, really interesting question. I think con- control is almost a topic on its own. You know, it's, uh, I think founders, it's their baby. They set it up and they want to nurture it the way they want and build it the way they want to build it. And therefore, they feel they need control. And that tends to go with them all the way through that journey. And at some stage, you know, they need to let go of that control. And, and actually, you know, instead of being the practitioner and helping in the delivery, the ship needs a, a leader. And it's that transition from almost from from founder to agency owner to leader that is, you know, making any transitions is difficult, especially for something where you're you're focusing on on the bigger picture when you're focusing on on the strategic side of things, the direction of the business where you're actually thinking instead of thinking a year in advance, you're thinking five years, 10 years in advance. It's interesting how you sort of think about the the stages, and maybe that was just off the cuff, but I found that interesting. Founder to agency owner to leader. So leader being sort of the visionary, right? That very high level strategic thinker. It's interesting to me because we all think of ourselves as agency leaders, even if we're owners or founders, no matter what stage we're in, we see ourselves as leaders. There could be imposter syndrome. I'm willing to bet that that's hundred percent of the time, <laughs> even if it's a small amount, but we do see ourselves as leaders. And what I recall from my agency days is that there were so many initiatives I wanted to drive forward. There were strategic partnerships I had in mind. There were different service offerings that I might've wanted to add or actually remove because they weren't profitable. These are the higher level, more strategic thinking and initiatives of a leader. But often we just literally don't have the headspace or the time to put into even considering or contemplating how that's going to impact the entire agency, the team, the revenue, et cetera. So I guess my question here is how do we sort of tiptoe toward extracting agency founders or owners from their firm so that they can become a leader? I think a lot of it's to do with mindset and actually realizing as a leader that you need to lead. And, you know, it's again, it's relinquishing some of that control. First step, being able to trust the team that you've got around you is vitally important. And it's being able to find the space and the time for these strategic initiatives for this thinking which is i think always the hardest thing and i always say to people try and block out some time in your calendar you know i call it ceo time it can be a friday morning a monday afternoon whatever but that stays there and it's headspace it's time for you to think about your business and you know look at how you progress initiatives that we want to do too that's going to actually really develop the business and move it forward mm-hmm. and you know i think actually finding that time but also finding it as we know it's really lonely being an agency owner or leader 
And it's finding that opportunity to to share in a trusted environment with like-minded people, with people going on that journey. And people can gain so much from that. Yeah. I want to go back to something that you said, because I sort of imagine that as agency leaders are listening to this, they're like, oh, hold on a second. One of the things that you said, which is very important, is talking about trusting the team. So often I hear from clients, I really like the people that are on my team. They do good work, right? But I always hear like a little bit of a hesitation. There's a question mark in the minds of a lot of agency leaders if they have the right people on their team, meaning can I trust these particular people in these particular seats to do this job so that I can extract myself a little bit more? So my question there is, what if you don't actually trust your team? Where do you go in terms of doubling down on helping them, supporting them, getting them training, get, you know, developing them versus taking a hard look at whether you have the right people on the team? And you're right that, you know, it's that balance. Do you develop what you've got or do you bring in people with the right skill sets? I think one of the things that people agency owners sort of look at is or need to look at more probably earlier in the growth process of their business is okay now i need to set up a senior leadership team have i got the right people that can be doing that in two or three years time if not i need to get those sort of people in because you know going back to the original you know the question how do they get out of this one of the steps is to put in place the senior leadership team. Right. And give them the day-to-day operational and delivery responsibility. That allows you more time again to focus on the strategic elements. It's it's very interesting to me how we get so far in our agencies. I, you know, you probably encountered this as well in your work with agency owners. We could be five years in, eight years in, 10 years in. 15 years in and still not realize that we have to have a leadership team that is essentially gaining institutional knowledge as they're with us so that we can extract ourselves, right? So that we can become optional. And um, I know that was that was certainly a big, big issue for me as an agency owner. So I see this happening more and more that people are starting to wake up to, oh, I don't, as the owner... As the founder, I don't need to know everything. I do have to have people around me that are just as intelligent and strategic and capable and competent. And I can't do everything on my own, right? What I would also add to that list is being vulnerable to say, hey, I need your help here. Or, hey, this is something that I want to take off of my plate and be very vocal about that. Is that something that you can help me with? Could you take ownership over this thing that I've been? carrying and should not have been. So yeah, just curious to hear your thoughts on conversations that you've had with other agency owners around this idea of creating that think tank or leadership team or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it comes down to creating the right culture. When we're looking at, you know, you know you look at that culture element, because that, you know, if you have a sharing and open culture, then that helps you to develop the same sort of principles for for people taking ownership 
um people being able to put up their hand and go i've got a problem with this or i don't understand it so i think culture really is a key part of this whole whole area because it does allow the owner to be able to step back but also to be open and honest and as you said vulnerable you know it's uh speaking to one agency owner you know, a few weeks ago and he went the tipping point for me was when as somebody walked through the door and went and sat down on a desk and I didn't know their name. So, but I didn't need to because I didn't hire him. I didn't need to hire him, didn't interview him. The The team have done that. How how large was that agency, just out of curiosity? And that was 25-man agency. So that's interesting to me. Let's talk about that for a second. So I... I mean, this is all what we're talking about is extracting yourself from the day-to-day operations. And we're talking about balance and culture. So for me, when I hear it's a 25-person agency and the owner doesn't know one of the employee's names, that to me isn't necessarily a sign of success. That's a sign of, to me, a red flag. Because mm-hmm. now, if you told me the agency was 2,500 people, very different, oh, yes. very yeah. different story. But that's interesting to me. So that size that there was still, so that there had been something successful that had happened where the, the owner was extracted, but there's something in the culture that, I don't know, feels like it should be a little bit more tight knit or something. Yeah, I, the, the situation was that the the owner was looking to extract himself. So uh-huh. he'd sort of step back. I guess it's probably all about your intention also, right? Like if that was his intention to not necessarily know anyone, I guess then you could call that successful. It's interesting to me always how different people lead their agencies and the cultures that, that are developed. Hey, let's take a quick break. Did you know that there's a better way to scale your agency? Whether it's web design, development, e-commerce, content, SEO, or even hosting, E2M is the reliable white label partner you wish you knew about years ago. Personally, I'm proud to partner with E2M because of our alignment in values and ethics. Head over to e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive to learn more. Now, let's get back to the show. And talking about culture for a moment, do you think that culture is created and bestowed upon the agency by the leader or do you think that the culture is created internally and the leader is the one who makes sure that that culture is emphasized sustainable implemented correctly what do you think it's like sort of top down or bottom up oh such a good question if you don't think about your culture purposefully you've still got a culture it develops, you know, it's there by osmosis. Right. Yeah. Now, you, I think any agency owner should work on the culture of the business, but have it in a way that everybody buys into it, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to it being just a reflection of the values and, and of the leader. If you look at um, good sporting teams, rugby teams, the England rugby team, won the World Cup in 2003. They had a book that everybody contributed. This is how we're going to behave. This is our values. This is what we we live up to. And if somebody came in new into the team, they'd be given the book and go, this is us. If you can't work within these parameters, then you're not right for us. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's the same. 
Yeah. You know, if you can develop, yeah, this is the way we do things here. I was just going to say, it feels very fluid to me. It feels like initially, especially early on in the agency days, it's the the owner that sort of sets the tone. But then as they become more strategic and more wise, they realize that their product is really their people and that they need to lean in and support them. So then they end up asking them to help them create the culture, right? So it's it's less about imposing a set of values and creating the culture that everybody wants. So the rugby team example is perfect. Um, but, but that also helps in terms of employability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in all sorts of different areas, so staff retention, but also then attracting the right people into the business. Yeah. If you've got the right culture, it, it's it's brilliant. Yeah. So let's talk about sort of back to this idea of like agency leader independence. What does the other side look like? What more becomes available to us on a personal or professional level once we create more of this white space for ourselves as leaders? I think the shackles come off. It really does empower the the owner to to really sort of pursue other ideas, new ventures, even doing things that they've wanted to do for such a long time, spending more time with the family, with the kids. You know, and it, it opens up a whole world of freedom. You know, they could pursue other ideas. And, you know, a lot of people I've seen, you know, want to start doing some good. And you know, sort of helping others along the journey. Yeah. So I think it it does. It just opens up a whole new world. It, it's like going back to the early days when you had this spark of an idea for a business, and to get that enthusiasm again for something new. Yeah, I think about this as taking the time, carving out the time, as you said before, putting it on your calendar to really think about what has been on your heart or something that you know you've been thinking about right something that's kind of keeping you up in a good way what your passions are maybe there's a particular cause that you're interested in you want to explore maybe becoming a board member doing more volunteer work like yeah. you said pursuing a new venture uh, business wise although when i did that it did not work out that well because i was splitting <laughs> my time between the agency and the other venture but um, there are probably much better ways to do it than i did anyhow whatever it is that you are interested in learning a new language, traveling more with your partner, whatever it is. Creating that space is great and necessary, but getting really clear on what those things are that you want to do, I think is the place to start, right? Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. But also being able to almost, you know, use your agency and configure it right for you to be able to do those things, both time-wise, but also financially. You know, so there is, you know, part of extraction, big word, part of sort of reducing your, you know, the, the amount of time that you spend within within the business um, is is around sort of developing the right financial incentives because full extraction is you don't own the business anymore. Right. And if that's something that you're also thinking about that's been in your head. I know a lot of my clients talk about that. What does exit look like? I want to be acquired at some point. You know, maybe there's a merger, but I don't want to necessarily be involved in the business, whatever that might look like. Yeah, I think that's that's something to to keep in mind. One of the things that is like the, the middle ground mm-hmm. is finding the space and the time to work out what exactly is adding that can be done to add more value 
to the business mm-hmm. because if they're looking to sell that's a good point or, you know, they you know it's working out what is that you know is it better processes is it contracts with with clients is it retainers what is it that builds that value that either somebody's going to pay for and they'll pay a higher a multiplier or something that your your senior leadership team could buy into that's a really really good point i'm glad you brought that up and so as we start to wrap up talk a little bit about the value of peer community with this this work and kind of mindset shift you have an agency owner, peer community, leadership development, et cetera, um, group called Agency Local. So can you talk a little bit about some of the value and some of the experiences that you've seen, some of the results and, and really beautiful things that have come out of that peer community? There are all sorts of benefits from like peer communities and you know, Agency Local isn't the only one. I always say to people, you know, I don't, don't care whether you join us, but join a community. Yeah because there is a huge amount of value that you can get out of it being able to talk things through with people and hearing other people's points of view it's just so cathartic in in so many ways that you think i'm not the only one that has this problem wow but then you you can get so much support as well and answers to things that have been keeping you awake things that have been bothering you because you know after a group of five or six people three of them will go yeah i've got that problem two will go i have that problem and i did this this and this and wow how you know that that's just gold and i think you know sharing thoughts and ideas with your peers is is just brilliant you know we run a a supper club uh, for for the larger agencies in the community and the conversation around that table is absolutely incredible it just gets people thinking um it gives people new ideas and it really helps people to grow and develop themselves but also also their businesses yeah. and i've not even mentioned the collaboration opportunities because people are always after sales and partnerships and to me that that's not the purpose of what I'm doing with Agency Local, but it's a really important byproduct. I like that you see that as a byproduct or a lagging indicator of success because any kind of networking or peer community group that I've ever seen, if you go in with the idea that I'm going to get something out of this, meaning um, I was going to use the word extract again, but if you <laughs> if you are there to um, essentially be receiving more so than you are giving and contributing, that's also a mindset shift that needs to happen. My question about the peer community is how big a part or how important is vulnerability there? You know, we talked about vulnerability with the team, but amongst the agency leaders, how vulnerable, how open, how transparent do they get with some of the the challenges talking about revenue numbers? What is your kind of guidance there if someone wants to join something like that? It depends on the space that they're in. So part of the the contract, if you like, from a community owner is creating those safe spaces where those conversations can happen. And, you know, we're a learning community. So we're all about teaching the business fundamentals of running an agency, growing an agency, and that transition to leadership that we talked about before. So, you know, and again, another big part of, a peer community is accountability 
which is hugely important and should really not be underestimated. But that accountability ties in with those safe spaces. So, you know, we have a 90-day planning group and it's the, you know, it's a small group. So everybody gets to know each other. They trust one another. And that's when the magic happens, when that trust level raises, you know. So we have the masterminds. So where one of the whole purposes of those is for people to say, well, I've got this challenge. I've got this problem being really vulnerable. And then people can question and they have to be open in order to receive the right advice and and guidance and and benefit from it. I love masterminds that work that way. I was also a a part of one of those as a coach and a consultant, and I found them to be extremely valuable. So much smaller group, but much more open, much more more vulnerable. And the solutions that came out of that to some of the, the challenges that were presented were pretty significant and pretty impactful and if you're thinking about the what we've been talking about the the leadership role it's great having a a senior leadership team but but they're below you what a mastermind does or the groups like these is they give you the board level (laughs) the one above that that can really sort of give you some mentoring advice guidance yeah and i think that there's a lot of value in even if you have a coach, or even if you're working with a consultant, being a part of one of the a mastermind or a peer community group, they sort of fill different roles and they provide different things. Um, it feels very well-rounded to me to have an agency leader be involved in, in multiple things like that. Well, Chris, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. We'll put links to uh, Agency Local in the show notes. And yeah, thank you again. This has been wonderful. Yes, thank you very much. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. It's been brilliant. And I really hope people have got some, some value out of it and uh, and makes them just question where they're at on their journey and what they can do to make that, that difference. That's great. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. If you liked this episode, please rate the show or subscribe wherever you watch or listen. And a big thank you to the official sponsor of Thrive for this year, E2M Solutions, your white label agency partner. Learn more about their approach, services, and subscription plans at e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive.